It's almost over. Dr. Eddington will be back in the pulpit next Sunday. We have been for these six weeks of summer during storm, well, during hurricane season here. We have been looking at the storm stories of the Bible. We have been encountering some of the heroes of the storm. And we have been seeking to discern how it is that God might be present in the midst of the storms of our lives, as well as what we might do um, to really be better prepared for the inevitable storms which still lie ahead. Today, we take a slightly different tact. Today, we acknowledge that surely God is present in the wind and in the earthquakes and in those storms of our lives, but God is also always present, if only by a gentle whisper. Sometimes even in the sheer silence that surrounds us. Please pray with me. Holy God, we would ask that you would silence every voice but your own. that we might receive this day the word that you have for each one of us. Grant now that the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts would be acceptable in your sight, you who are our strength and our redeemer. Amen. I hope the message of the children's time was not lost on you. I hope that the message of this morning's sermon is not lost on you. Because in both cases, the sole idea being proclaimed is that God is present and that he is speaking, calling each and every one of us to use this time and use the talents and use the opportunities that God has placed before us as useful in the unfolding of his plan for this world. But there are lots and lots of things competing for our attention in our seeking to discern God's call in our lives. Consider for a moment all of the things that compete for your attention in a given day. Just think about it. Think about all the reasons that you would put God on call waiting or place him on hold or ask him to call back later because, frankly, right now you're too busy tending to other things. Think about the cell phone and the radio, the television, the mail, the email, the uninvited, the uninvited guests, the uninvited mail, which I call junk mail. Some of you would call spam, depending where you get it, phone solicitors. All of the things that intrude upon our lives. That doesn't even begin to account for the people who might be tugging on your coattails or on your apron strings, or the people trying to get your attention at work, or in the marketplace, or through billboards, or through all of the print media that is available to us each and every day. Right now, at this very moment, although thanks be to God, each and every one of us is not attuned to it, there are an endless number of messages being sent through the air right here on radio waves and on frequencies and through 
satellites sending communication and, I mean, thanks be to God, we can't hear them all, right? But they are all, right now, competing for our attention. If a cell phone were to ring in the context of the sanctuary right now, my point would be so well made. <laughs> if you have a cell phone that gives you the ability to text message, or a PDA with Wi-Fi, then you are actually able to receive and respond to emails in real time, virtually anywhere in the world, according to one of my friends, even on the slopes of the Swiss Alps. I had friends who were in town last weekend from Atlanta, and we were talking about this, all of the things that are competing for our attention in our lives. And Mark said that he had been on a business trip in Switzerland just a few weeks back, and one of the hosts at the company there said one afternoon, hey, let's just go out. I've got this great, incredible place where it just, the vista is just unbelievable. We've, we've got to hike up this mountain and see this place. And Mark was all for it because they'd been in meetings for a better part of a week. And so there they went. Never occurred to Mark that he should take his cell phone or his Blackberry with him because the opportunity to simply behold the beauty of creation was what was going to be offered. It was what was going to be there. And they get right to the place where the opening comes out of the trees and, the, and, and their host points. And he says, now, I want you all to just go take it in. Go right on up there. Right as you clear over the top of that, you're just going to be mesmerized by the view in front of you. And so obediently they went. And Mark said it was absolutely breathtaking. But his heart sank as behind him he heard the little trill of the man's blackberry. He hadn't gone all the way to the top himself. There he stood next to a tree where he could get reception, responding to his emails with a little stylus in his hand. There are more things than we can number competing for our attention and you and I make a decision in every moment to whom we are going to turn our ear and our heart and our time. We live in what one author describes as a carnival atmosphere. Now, I want you to think about the last time you were at, I mean, a real carnival where the carnies are yelling at you from their booths or even intruding out into the path with the stuff that you could win. Come on in here. Try your luck over here. And they're screaming and they're trying to gain your attention. And it's only a dollar. And look, you got the opportunity to get all these wonderful things. Come on over here and try your luck. You and I live in a carnival atmosphere in our lives. Everybody yelling at us and hawking their wares and inviting us to try our luck at different things. Inviting us to serve lesser gods. How in the midst of all of that is God going to get a real hearing? How in the midst of all of that is God going to gain our attention for long enough that we can really hear his call upon our lives. How's God going to get a minute alone with you 
How's he going to get you tuned into his frequency? How's he going to get you to really respond to what he has to say to you? It's true that there are times that God does speak to us through the devastating storms that we encounter. God does sometimes speak to us through the things that rock our world and shake our very foundations. God does sometimes speak to us through the wind or through the earthquake or through the fire. More often, God speaks to us in the midst of those experiences. But I dare say that God is always speaking to us if we will only silence ourselves long enough to listen. Be still and know that I am God. That's what the Lord says. If you and I would ever come to the place where we would be still, we are never still. Right now, there's a bunch of little fidgety fuss budgets in the sanctuary. Even as I proclaim to you from the scriptures that God says to you, be still and know that I am God. We can't stop moving our hands or tapping our feet. Um, we are an agitated group of fuss budgets. We are. Be still and know that I am God. You say to yourself, I do not have time to be still. You should see the things I have got to get done in a day. Good Lord, if you only knew all of the things that are already present before me and on my little jotter and on my little checkoff list and I have to get done in the There is no time in my frenetic life to be still. And frankly, there's really no time in my frenetic life to be quiet because there's a lot of information there that I have to have. I got to have access to so that I can be a good participant in the conversations that are going to be ahead this day so that I can seem smart to all those people that I'm going to be with. Who cares? We are so afraid. We are so afraid that we are going to enter into a meeting or a conversation or a circumstance and we're going to feel ill-prepared or ill-informed, that we frenetically fill our time listening to the lesser voices, taking in the information that's being offered by, frankly, people who are not eternal and those who do not have an eternal perspective on our lives nor on this world. If you ever feel alone, consider this. The Lord says in both the Old and the New Testaments, I am with you always. You're just not listening. You're just not perceiving. You are never alone. Do not be afraid. I, the Lord, am with you. Do not be afraid. I am with you. I will bless you. Do not be afraid. Stand firm. You will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. Do not be afraid. God has come to test you so that the fear of the Lord will be with you to keep you from sinning. But do not be afraid. For the Lord your God himself is going to fight on your behalf. Do not be afraid. Be strong and courageous. 
Do not be afraid and do not be terrified because of others. For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you and he will never leave you and he will never forsake you. Do not be afraid and do not be discouraged. For the Lord thy God is with you. He will not fail you or forsake you until all the work of the Lord has been accomplished. Be still and know that I am God. God is always present in the wonderful, magnificent, calm, and in the midst of the torrential rain and the storm seasons of our lives. If we don't feel his presence, if we don't perceive his presence, if we don't sense that God is near, if we don't hear him, it is not that God has withdrawn from us. It is more times than not that we have withdrawn from him. We have lost touch. Is there anybody that you have ever loved in your life who has been a dear friend and a companion for part of the journey with whom you can now say, I have lost touch with them? Somebody should be nodding. Not nodding off. Somebody should be now nodding. Yes, I got people in my life with whom I've lost touch. Yeah, I get that. That makes sense. We lose touch with people because we do not stay in constant communication with them. We lose touch with people because the priorities of our lives are different than the priorities of their life. Our lives have gone different directions. Have you ever heard yourself say that? They're taking a different path than I'm taking. Well, guess what? If we're talking about God, that is not good news. If God is taking a different path than you are choosing to take and you are out of touch with God, you are out of relationship with him, we're not headed in the same direction, that is not good news for you. You don't want to be out of touch with God. You don't want to be headed in a different direction than God is headed. We want God not only to be our companion for the journey, by the way, he's not along for our ride. I want to be God's companion on the way that he has set, on the course that he has decided. Sometimes we lose touch. We get out of tune. If you're not tuned into the right frequency on the radio, you are not going to hear what you're looking for, right? If you ever tried to look for the Braves, right? They're a baseball team, for those of you who don't know. And supposedly, anywhere in America, certainly anywhere in the southeastern United States, you should be able to hear every Braves game. They are supposedly all on the radio. Well, let me tell you, we live in a place where you've got to get that setting exactly right on that little AM station if you really want to get that game. If you're off by just a hair, it's just full of static. It's really hard to hear. It's not very pleasurable, right? And you miss a lot of what's going on. The same is true in our relationship to God. If we're just a little bit out of tune, if we're just a little bit off of God's frequency, it is not a pleasant experience. I want our lives to be fully tuned into who God is so that we can hear the sound of his voice clearly because that is when the experience is enjoyable. Jesus says in the 10th chapter of the Gospel of John, I tell you the truth. The man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The man who enters the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. 
He calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. When he has brought out all that are his own, he goes on ahead of them. His sheep will follow him because they know his voice. They will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from a stranger because they do not recognize that stranger's voice. Do you see how important it is to know what the voice of the good shepherd sounds like? You and I are going to have to discern between the voice of the good shepherd and the voice of other shepherds, other strangers, thieves and robbers trying to lead us astray. The good shepherd is trying to lead us in the way and the truth and the life. The good shepherd is trying to lead us on a path to eternity. There are lots of others competing for our attention false prophets and false teachers and hawkers of all kinds of ideas who are right now speaking to the sheep, trying to get us to go their way. It is a constant part of our lives. Can we honestly say that we know the Good Shepherd so well that we can pick out his voice from among all others, that we would know that all others are strangers, and that we would know that Jesus alone is the one whom we are following. That's the challenge of today. Do we know the sound of God's voice so clearly that we could actually close our eyes and in the midst of a carnival atmosphere listen for his voice alone and know in confident faith that we are following it. There's a game I used to play with teenagers to help them experience this point. You choose two people who know each other very well, best friends if you can find them in the midst of your youth group, and you, you do that because they know the sound of one another's voices, right? You know the sound of your best friend's voice, do you not? You do not have to have them identify themselves on the phone when they call, right? You know immediately your children's voice. This is an, it would be another good way to do it. You could do this as a family. That would be fun, actually. You blindfold one of them, and you send their friend to the other side of the room. You tell everybody else to fill in the middle. You tell all the people in the middle to be yelling and screaming, trying to gain the attention of the blindfolded person. And you tell their best friend on the other side, without moving, do whatever you have to to get your friend through that mess, through all those people, and safely over to you. Guess what that person has to do to make this work. Go ahead, say it out loud, it's okay. No one's recording this. The one person who's blindfolded has to listen. What does this other person have to do in order to make themselves heard? Yeah, no, you guys have never done this. They actually have to whisper. The only way this works is for the other person to just simply very calmly and very quietly repeat that person's name assure them of where they are and invite them toward them. 
It's a very, they will listen for the quiet, calm, unagitated voice who knows their name. It is the message of today's passage. It is the message of Christ about how he calls his sheep unto himself over and over and over again. He says, I call them by name. They know me and I know them and they come to me because I call them by name. God called Samuel by name. Samuel was very young at the time. Samuel didn't know who was calling him. And so he got up and he went to Eli, who was the priest. And he said, did you call me? And Eli said, no, son, you're hearing things. Go back to bed. And so Samuel went back to bed. And again, he, he was sure he heard his name, Samuel, Samuel. And so he rose and he went to Eli and he said, father, did you, I, I'm sure I heard my name. Did you call me? And Eli then, knowing God, woke up and said, okay, something's really happening here. That's the Lord calling to you. When, you. when you hear him call again, stay right where you are and answer him. Eli had been waiting his whole life for the Lord to call his name. He was attuned to the sound of the Lord's voice he knew what a call of God sounded like. And when it came, it came to Samuel. Eli had the privilege of serving as an interpreter for the next generation. If you know the sound of God's voice because your life has been saturated with God's word, if you know the sound of God's voice because you are a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ and you have followed him and you are in a relationship with him and you know that he is present and what he sounds like and the kinds of things that he teaches and you know the difference between what all those strangers and false teachers who are trying to get your attention through the window right now and I wish you weren't looking at them. If you are in a position to know what God sounds like, you are being called right now by God to serve as an interpreter for the next generation. You and I are in a unique position to interpret for children and youth who God is and what he sounds like and how he's calling them. We can go back to bed and sleep through it. We can turn up the ambient noise on those little machines that we turn on because the silence is so deafening to us that we don't even want to sleep where it's quiet. Or we can do as Samuel did. And we can say, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. We can do as Elijah did when God said, what are you doing here, hiding in the cleft of a rock? Go to the people to whom I have sent you. Use the gifts that I have given you and be a voice. Be an interpreter of the things of God and who God is to the next generation. Don't wait for some profound burning bush experience. It is not going to come. 
God has already laid out a call for each one of us. He has done so clearly and distinctly. If you have missed it, it is not God's fault. Pick up his word and begin to read it. My guess is you know more of it already than you need to know in order to be an interpreter of it for the next generation. God is not done with you yet. How do I know? He has not yet taken you fully to himself. If you are still here, if you are still here, which is a question each person who's alive has to answer, am I really still here? If you are still here, it is for a divine purpose. And it is not a purpose that God is necessarily going to come with you in profundity and explain. He has already come in the person of Jesus Christ and he remains by the presence of the Holy Spirit and he issues a call. Be a faithful interpreter of who God is to the next generation. Can you hear it? Let's pray. Holy God, whether it be our children or our grandchildren or the children of faith in this congregation or the children of our community at public school or the children through mentoring or the children in the Boys and Girls Club or the children at the high school or the children in athletic programs whatever gifts and talents and experiences you have given us, in whatever place you have put us, for whatever time you have left us here, tune our ears to you so that we might serve as interpreters of your word to a generation currently speaking a foreign language. Send us, Lord God and give us the courage to respond to your call upon our lives. In Christ's name we ask it. Amen.